I'm Ryan Delaney. From WFYI Public Media, this is Intersections, a reporting project looking at the root causes of violent crime in Indianapolis. For this chapter, we're putting our feet on the ground and hearing straight from people living in some of the toughest places in Indianapolis. Oh, I've been up here about 55 years because I've been over here about 50. The strategy from city officials to reduce violent crime, what this podcast is following, is founded on an idea that in order to reduce violence, the root causes of that crime must be addressed. One way that's being done is by offering direct help to residents in each of the city's six focus areas, the neighborhoods designated through data analysis as those most in need of assistance. Saddle up. Firefighters Adam Arkins and Derek Huff roll out of Station 10. They're meeting up with a ladder truck a few blocks up the street into the focus area surrounding East 38th and Sherman. Welcome to Squad 10. We're not heading to a fire or medical emergency. This is more about preventing them. A partnership between the Indianapolis Fire Department and the Red Cross has been installing smoke detectors in people's homes for free. Hello. We're with the fire department and we're doing a smoke detector blitz, which... More than half of Indianapolis's 18 fire fatalities in 2014 happened in a focus area. Inspectors found a lack of working smoke detectors in several of those homes. When money is tight, Fire officials say buying new batteries for a smoke detector falls to the bottom of the list. IFD Chief Ernest Malone has praised the smoke detector distribution program for saving lives. As the team leaves the front porch of one home, Thank you very much. Arkin says they know the family there well. They, they were regular frequent flyers of ours. Um, both mom and son had multiple medical problems. Station 10 used to respond to medical calls at the home on a regular basis. You know, we've helped them throughout the years of how to do better nutrition, how to take care of themselves, what they need to do to avoid having to go to the hospital all the time. And it apparently seemed to work because we've not been there in quite some time now. So it's pretty nice and refreshing to see. On the drive back to the station, firefighter Derek Huff reflects on the difference between showing up to a home for an emergency and knocking on the door to install a smoke detector. When you, when you meet people, it's because it's a dramatic moment in their life. That's You're not meeting them just to say hey or... So this is nice to go and meet them on a different different level. These door-to-door efforts are a mix of city agencies and volunteers with a desire to help. Team one, this way. On a recent Saturday morning, the faith-based Dream Center began an adopt-a-block effort in the Hawville neighborhood, another focus area. Hey, um, we're with the Indy Dream Center. Organizers wanted to bring a national model to Indy. They were encouraged by the Public Eskenazi Hospital to start first in a focus area. At the second home one team visits, they meet 83-year-old Charlene Bellum. And there's one of my grandbabies. I got a little iris up there. Wow. She points to the pictures on the mantle of the kids and grandkids that check in on her now that she lives here alone. I've been up here about 55 years because I've been over here about 50. And I moved to Indianapolis, my husband did, we all moved. And I came over here and I, there was a lady that had this house for sale and we got together and I bought it and done paid off. <laughs> but the outside railing is loose and the steps are crumbling. And it's all free uh-huh. and we're just giving some love. Well, Lord, I know it has to be free if I get it. <laughs> money has been tight recently. Yeah, since my renter moved upstairs, that cut my little money down. Well, sure, yeah. The volunteers also find a leaky roof and that Bellamy has a love for bacon. When the group moves on to another house, hey, how are you? they get a All dose right. of frustration from a woman about the decline of the neighborhood. Then the gangs start coming. And when the gangs start coming, 
That was one of the first downfalls. Outside, Pastor Angel Huerta and Eric Wolf, another volunteer, reflect on the encounter. As we just heard her, uh, they're ready uh, to see change in their neighborhood. How exciting and is that's that? What, and that's what we're here for, is to make this a stronger uh, community yeah. uh, for families to live in once again. That's what these volunteers and public safety officials are hoping to capitalize on. What do we, we got one more home, don't we? The Dream Center All wants right. to expand its work in each of the six focus areas within a year. The volunteers returned to this block the following week to begin working on Charlene Bellamy's home and deliver bacon as they promised. Now to share some of what we've been hearing directly from residents living in these neighborhoods. Impoverished. I'm homeless. We're also hearing some more positive and optimistic outlooks. It is an engaged neighborhood. There's all kinds of ways that you can help make the neighborhood a better place. How exactly are we doing this? Well, Intersections has embarked on a listening tour of sorts, or rather, an old payphone has. My colleague Christopher Ayers and I stepped into a studio to explain it all and go through what we're hearing so far. So, Ryan, before we start discussing some of these responses we've received, can you just briefly explain what the speak-up phone is? What does it look like? Sure. It's really just an old payphone, like one you used to find on a, on a street corner. We redecorated it and rewired it to ring directly to an answering machine here at WFYI. And it gives people a chance to respond directly to a prompt that they'll hear when they pick up the phone. Okay. So, WFYI wanted to use the speak-up phone in these high-crime neighborhoods to try and compare perceptions and reality. So what did we ask them? Yeah, these are parts of the city labeled as being dangerous and distressed based on data. But those statistics don't always show what residents' realities really are, right? So we're asking them to describe life in their neighborhood using just one word and then explain a little bit why. The the phone hung out first in the Indianapolis Public Library branch on the Near East Side. It's the most racially diverse of these six focus areas. And diverse is actually the word that Gregory Stephen Gardner II used. In the little thin square block radius, there's lots of violence, lots of crime, lots of trap houses, lots of drug addicts. There's also some very wealthy people. One word I'd say is diverse. Not necessarily just culturally, but monetarily as well. So Gregory here says his neighborhood is diverse, not just racially or culturally, but also economically stratified in a way. So, Ryan, uh, if you were to drive through the Near East Side, in what way would this economic disparity be visually apparent? Well, it really is block by block. You know, we did hear from people about the struggles this community has, uh, you know, such as this response we got. My name is Lupe Olivares Sandoval, and the one word I would use to describe the neighborhood that I live in is violent crime between teenagers the most. Violent being her word there, someone else picked up the phone and said impoverished. But like I said, it can really be block by block. Parts of the Near East Side have seen improvement in recent years. There are quiet streets with nice, well-kept homes on them. And then there are ones where almost every house is boarded up and falling down. And we did get a sense of that frustration in one response. Jeffrey Kirkpatrick, the one word that I would use to describe my neighborhood is abandoned. I choose that word because there are so many abandoned homes. I feel a fool to be putting money into my home when I cannot do anything. I am powerless to do anything about the other abandoned homes in the neighborhood. But the positive side is there are kids who play in the streets. 
in my neighborhood. But Jeffrey there seems to end on a positive note, that this neighborhood does have some good things going for it, that there uh, are some good people there, too. Yeah, you're right. And we did hear uh, you know, more of that. One response we got was engaged. Another woman said respect. And then we heard this from Amber. There have been a lot of people who have entered into this neighborhood with the goal of staying long-term and making a difference. So I think a better word to describe this neighborhood would be changing developing, maturing, and those things do take time. Changing, developing, maturing, those are the words that Amber used right there. Uh, Perhaps a sense that the seeds of progress are being planted? Yeah, one thing I heard very early on in this reporting is how important a sense of hope is. And, you know, it does seem that there are still, you know, long ways to go, but some of that does still, you know, some of that's there. All right. Thanks, Ryan, for this reporting. More of the messages left on the Speak Up phone can be heard at wfyi.org slash intersections. Check back as we'll add new responses, and all of our previous reporting is there too. Intersections is a project of WFYI Public Media in Indianapolis. I'm Ryan Delaney. Thanks for listening.